Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Wednesday morning. I am here this morning with the brother in Christ, the CEO of S. 2L, uh, formerly known as Spring to Life, which I absolutely love the name because that's what we have to do. Life is a choice and we get to spring into it. So welcome to the show, Adam Comer. Thank you very much. I am so honored to have you as a guest this morning because I love what is taking place at S2L. And uh, I love the backstory of all the exciting things that God's doing in a Christ-centered recovery program. Now, some of y'all are probably going, what do you mean by Christ-centered, Maggie? What I mean is Jesus is right in the midst of the center. He's in the center of everything, our creator. And when we rally around him and focus on him and allow him to deal with all of our boo-boos and all of our junk that gets us stuck to begin with, things can change and they change for the better rapidly. And I've been in recovery circles for, you know, 20 some years and I have seen amazing testimonies of what God can do. I am a product of that. That's why I'm so passionate about that. I wasn't just like set free. I was delivered. And so for some of y'all watching that going, what does that mean? Another broadcast for another time. Jesus is real. And Adam and I are going to talk about that this morning. But first, I would like Adam uh, to talk about uh, Spring to Life and tell us a little bit about the program, what the mission statement is, what the goals are uh, in helping those that you serve. Yeah. So spring to life or S2L recovery, we're Christ centered and, and you hit the nail on the head. And, and when we say Christ centered, uh, we mean it. It's it's not everything is formed. Our curriculum, our teachings, our doctors, nurses, clinicians, our recovery coaches, our pastors, everything falls under the authority of Christ as center. And, and we just believe that addiction is not a surprise to God. And so if he could speak all things into existence, then he might have something to say about addiction and might have the power to do something in it. And so uh, S2L Recovery has been an organization, a, a nonprofit organization for since 2006. So 14 years now. Uh, and just recently this year, see, I told you I was going to do that, Maggie. I it's all good. It's all good. The live interview, the live thing with the text messages. I've tried to stop it. <laughs> Uh, but we, uh, we, just this year, something very unique and, and just special. God's brought us on a journey um, to not just be a nonprofit um, faith based recovery center, um, as you might think. He's called us to, uh, hey, this is the answer. It needs to be known across the nation because there is another pandemic happening and it's addiction, overdose death, alcohol deaths are massive, especially during the pandemic. You see the, that number skyrocket. Uh, some of the numbers I've seen is this year um, could be 20 to 25,000 more deaths than last year. And that's just opioids. So we're looking at 100,000 deaths, just opioids, uh, overdose deaths. And so we felt the call and it was a big call and it was a scary call. But we felt the call to march towards, hey, if we're going to be nationally known, then we need to be on the same playing field. So we went and we had uh, entered the process of systems and clinicians and doctors and nurses to become state licensed. And so we crossed that bridge and we felt the Lord saying, that's not enough. Now you need to go and get an accreditation. And so we went for the highest accreditation possible, the joint commission, or at least that's what we, we, we were told. And so we were told, Hey, you can't, you know, y'all aren't ready for that. We're like, no, we're not, <laughs> we're not, but the Lord's called us to it. So we entered into this journey to become joint commission. And so we earned that earlier this year. And now we're able to broaden our, our field of, of acceptance. And so now get this, Maggie, we can accept all of the major insurances to come 
through a Christ-centered recovery program to see freedom happen. And it's, a, it's been an incredible journey. Uh, and I believe it's just the beginning of what God's wanting to do with S2L. So it's a very special ministry. It's in Woodbury, Tennessee, about an hour outside of Nashville. Um, and there's just a feeling there. Uh, on that hill is what the guys say that come there. There's just a feeling of love, brotherhood, and, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom. There is freedom. I love it. And that is really what we're all seeking. You know, so many times people tell me, what is the difference between faith-based and Christ-centered? And, you know, I'm like, everybody has faith in something, sure. they do, you know, and when it comes down to it at the end of the day, Christ-centered is where everything rules and reigns around that. So for those of you that have family members that have been struggling with addictions, you know, this is definitely something you need to take a look at because there is a renewing of the mind. There's a transforming that takes place of the heart. And I am a firm believer that, you know, uh, the word is true. And apart from Christ, we are nothing. And so if you are looking for a Christ-centered recovery program. This is definitely one you need to take a look at. I was telling Adam before the show that I ran into a couple of his guys at a uh, mm-hmm. uh, some sort of, I can't remember if it was a fundraiser or uh, I think it was a training on opiates or something. I don't know. But I was so impressed with these young men because they were not only had gone through their own recovery, but they got the important component of it, of serving others in the community to gain that freedom. And it was such a joy to even sit at a table and listen to them talk because they were excited. And a lot of people come out of recovery and they're scared, Mm. you know, because they don't know if they're going to have that support system. And you guys offer that, right? With the following up support system, this is huge. So talk to us a little bit about what that looks like, the structure of the program. Oh yeah. So, so our curriculum is called Lost and Found Recovery in Christ. It's written by Pastor Bruce Stanley. And he's also on staff. He's our, our chief operating officer. And it focuses on biblical principles, seven of them found in Second Peter. Mm-hmm. And, and it's almost a mic drop. If you as we read scripture, sometimes we just read through it and it's, you know, you read something. But when he brought this to me, it slowed me down because it says uh, right there in the beginning of the, the meat of where we're pulling our curriculum from. It says that you can escape. The corruption of the world, which comes from sinful desires. And then it lists these seven things for us to grow in. Yeah. And man, if you've never struggled with a chemical addiction or addiction of some kind, it, it will be hard pressed for me to try to explain that desire when you're in the throes of addiction, the desire that causes people to do unheard of things, myself included. Hurt the people that love you the most. Sure. From people, uh, just uh, just crazy things for this desire for the drug. And the mic drop comes when Jesus proclaims in His Word that you can escape that. Yes. Now, for me, going through recovery for a long time, that's not the message that I heard. The message that I heard was, you know, hey, you're always going to be this, and you're always going to have to identify with this. And that's who you are. That's who you've become. You can hope for remission. And when I first heard, like came to S2L and I've heard these things about freedom. Oh, my goodness. It was hope, hope and hope is a powerful thing. 
Yeah, there's not a lot of hope in the fact that things will never change because everything is subject to change based on our willingness and our obedience to Christ and really to find out who we are and who we belong to. And once you get a revelation of that, there's no stopping the person that stays in the center of God's will. So, you know, identity, we are talking about this. I'm a huge component of this. I have a, a forward program that I use with teens. And I believe that whenever people are rooted and grounded in who they are in Christ, not about Christ, not knowing about Christ, but in Christ, that it transforms and renews the mind as well as. And I love I love that scripture because I remember reading that and getting a revelation of that. Um, there is a way of escape. And all of the times in life where I felt like I was trapped and things wouldn't change, there is a way of escape. You know, it's like sitting in a prison with an open door and refusing to get out is what we do when we box ourselves into thinking that I'm. I'm always going to be like this. Things are always going to be like this. They're always subject to change. So the identity piece, I love that in your curriculum. Talk about that, Adam. I, I, that's my favorite. Oh, it's it's <laughs> massively important, not only in ind- addiction, but in, in, in life. And, and here's the thing, too. The, the curriculum is designed for growth as a Christian, right? So it's not it's not singling out addiction. It's not putting the spotlight and saying, hey, you're so different. God, when Jesus was given the Sermon on the Mount, he didn't line people in sections and say, hey, uh, all of you adulterers, you sit here, you sit over here, you liars and thieves, and over here, you drunkard. No, it was a message of hope to yeah. all. And so the identity piece, when, when, when the word tells us that if you're in Christ, you're a new creation, or how about this one? I've been crucified with Christ. It's yes. no longer I who live, but it's God, Christ who lives in me and the life I now live, I live to him. How dare I, if that's true, how dare I say, hey, I'm Adam and I'm an addict. And Jesus is like, I died for that. Yeah. It set you free. And it was like, now my identity is rooted in him. It's his righteousness. It's his, it's his goodness. I'm now seen by the father as perfect, spotless and blameless. Why would I not? walk in that and just strive to just be that and to please Abba Father as opposed to my identity being in something that he died for. That's right. That's right. And a lot of people struggle with that in the beginning, you know, and I, a lot of times I'll call people ex addicts or ex victims or ex, you know, because, you know, Jesus took it all on the cross and put that big X on anything, you know, that we could go through in this trials of this world. So an addiction is such a loose term that's used. And, you know, people listen, if you're watching this and you think that just because you're binging and, you know, on your refrigerator that you're not struggling with an addictive behavior, you're wrong. If you're out shopping and running up the credit card, maxing it out, you know, and doing all of these things, you're wrong. You know, addiction is not solely limited to drugs and alcohol, even though those are the forefront of it, because there's a lot of consequences that are easily found out. And some of those other hidden addictions can be simply that hidden for long term. I know with COVID, I've dealt with a lot of people where because people were at home with their spouses, a lot of hidden sin was found out and it caused a lot of disruption. But what would you say to those um, that are watching that are struggling with other types of addictions? And and we know they're there. We know, you know, sometimes we think big sin, little sin, sin is sin. You know, so Adam, what would you say to that? <laughs> so as a pastor, like I went through addiction. I, I, just ravaged everything in my path my marriage got restored my family got had to restore everything now here's what i've learned as a pastor for almost a decade now 
everyone is jacked up, right? That's right. Everyone is jacked up, right? And, and if you claim to not be, it creates kind of the problem with the church in the last decade, 25, 30 years. Everyone, hey, brother, how you doing? Good, good, good. Everyone's oh, yeah. Now, we're called to repent, confess, repent, and grow. So to, to act like that you're perfect, you're denying the need of the cross. That's and right. And, and, and here's the thing. Watch this. If, if us as believers know that we're, we're fallen, we're designed to grow in sanctification, we hate our sin. You can't hate it. You can't put it to death if you're acting like it's not there. But at the same time, now roll that over to addiction. Um, people struggle. This is a this. I'm not making light of it. It is a right thing that has its grips, its claws in this 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 country, and and a lot of the chemicals. There's physical. It's a spiritual issue that has right. physical consequences. Yes, a lot, and that rolls out to any spiritual issue. If if you're do not be anxious. Well, when people are anxious, what happens? Blood pressure goes up. There's physical issues to these yes. types of things. But God doesn't say, hey, be perfect. Your father in heaven is perfect. He says that. He's talking about the perfection of Christ. Be in Christ. The expectation isn't perfection. It's progression. So when someone messes up, here's the difference in biblical understanding. It's not, hey, start over at day one and you failed. You're a failure. You start over at day one and you have to go through this whole process just to be back where you were. No, it's repent. Yes. Turn and grow. He loved you. He saw all of these things you were going to do and still chose to go to the cross for you and paid your price. Now turn from it, hate it and grow from it. Don't don't think that you have to be minimalized to down to a, a day one or a start over point. Right. I don't know. Sorry, I get passionate. No, that is powerful. And that is so good to hear because, and that's my take on it as well. I have seen it for years and, you know, in, and not knocking the local church. I love the local church. I believe in the assembly, oh. you know, people, however, in the church has taught us one thing and that's to look like we're okay. And I say that people walk in on the outside, smiling, hallelujah, you know, all their Christianese and bleeding on the inside. And if we approach things like that, you know, we're not being real. We're not being transparent. And that is where people get free. I have found in women's retreats over the last 20 years that I've taught in that when you allow uh, to take the mask off, to lay down, you know, the 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 pride of, oh, I've got it all together. You know, that's that's all that's that is what keeps people in bondage unless you lay that stuff down where they can see the real you and understand. You know, people look at me and they're like, oh, you know, you got it all together. Oh, oh, oh. no, 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 no. Apart from Christ. I, listen, you just don't even know want to know Maggie without Jesus. But the reality is, is when we are rooted and grounded in his love. And that's a huge issue for a lot of people, even people that are not struggling with a pet addiction, which most people, I believe, are in some form or fashion, especially when it comes to one of these right here. I'm like, don't even get me started about this issue. OK, dealing with a lot of that uh, with clients. But the reality I think, is I think we'll see someone. Sorry to interrupt, but I think next year will be the year that we see someone come in to a residential rehab program because of electronics. Only, oh, I believe it. Only. I, 
totally believe it. I, you know, I did not, it, I am get. I'm working on a series that I am going to start broadcasting in the first of the year because I'm so concerned about the developmental issues of children and their brains with what is happening with this, not to mention the fact of self-esteem. You know, we've got an increase uh, with, with girls 10 to 14 years old, um, 195 increase in suicide. Mm. That's, that's crazy. And 70% with teens. And it's all based on their self-image how this sees them, what this tells them and so forth. My heart is breaking for this issue. Uh, I think the first time that I seen um, an issue with it was four years ago where I had a nine-year-old boy. I asked him, I said, do you think that you're addicted to pornography? And he did not, he could not define what the word addiction meant, but he looked at me and said, I would do anything. I mean, anything to get my pad back. And I'm like, this is the yeah, this is a huge epidemic that we're dealing with. So whether, you know, we can look at some addictions and say, hey, I'm not putting a needle in my arm. But if you were on this thing watching porn, as soon as you get up and you're lying to your spouse and all of that, don't tell me you don't know. And yeah. so I don't get on a soapbox. I will go on and on and on and, and shout from the mountains that addiction is addiction is addiction. And they are behaviors of the heart. If you do not get things right inside, it's an external problem based on an internal issue. And if we don't deal with the root issue, then you're just going to go around that mountain again. You know, the Israelites spent 40 years doing the same thing, expecting something else, you know. So whenever you, you know, when we talk about root issues, uh, I have seen, and this was with my own self for many years before Jesus, how I would make attempts. And then when I would fail, then I felt like this, this can never change Then you know, I'm stuck. So what would you say to the person that's watching this broadcast this morning that keeps going back and will not look at the root cause of why they started using to begin with? Yeah. And, and just bef before I answer that, I want to kind of just address the church for a second, just because, um, the truth, truth about the church and where we're at. But, but I'll tell you this, I've, I've watched early on. I was discouraged with how the church was handling um, addiction and just, shh, it wasn't They're doing, better. They're doing better. Oh man. In the last five to six years, it is, the church is, um, yes. is stepping up the church, the capital C church, uh, really stepping in there and stepping the gas gaps. And guess what? I've, I've, one, the degree I have is in religion and studying that's church history. Whenever something like that happens, the church step steps up throughout history. But to the person who um, just constantly struggles or relapses and goes back to um, the substance, is that, is that the question? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's a, and I see that a lot and that was me. Um, what I want to tell you is, is one, first and foremost, is that you, if you're, whether it be porn or food or whatever the phone, like you're like, I don't want to spend eight hours on this thing a day. And you put all these out, whatever the addiction is that you keep turning to first and foremost, know that there's hope. Know that that that's not you. It does not have to be you the rest of your life. And that's a big statement because I remember talking out loud to myself. That's weird. Talking out loud to myself when I was in the throes of addiction. I don't know why I said it out loud, but I remember it to this day. There will never be another day in my life that I don't do drugs. I told myself that out loud and I believed it. It owned me. Here's what I want you to know. There is hope. Now, 
got to take action. God's called you to a place. And here's what it is. Addiction, there is a root, whatever it was. And, and, and I, don't, I don't take the root lightly because in my line of work for the last decade, I've seen the nastiest of things happen to people by the people that were supposed to protect them. Right. Yeah. I know that there is wickedness in the world and I know that there's things that happen that we turn to drugs and alcohol or whatever or whatever it is. But here's what you got to know. God said, that's mine. He's called you to him. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Yes. Here's what he says. I'll give you rest yes. for your soul. Man, don't you want rest? And this isn't worldly rest. This is a rest that you could sit amongst the chaos and have peace and joy. As you were describing the guys at that table that yeah. we heard, they were joyful, right? They weren't mundane, just functioning angry about sobriety. They were joyful. Yes. Here's what you've got to know. The alcohol, the drugs, the porn, the phone, the food, whatever it is that you are using, you're actually using that. And it's a lowercase G God. That's right. It will always fail you when you exchange the glory of God and his promises for cheap substitutes. It will always fail you. Bootleg pleasures will always fail you. And God's spoken to that. He says, come to me, not to shame you with the saying that, just to call right. what it is. Turn from that. And, and guess what? I know that you believe me when I say that, because all you have to do is look back. Has it ever fulfilled the promise? No, it's only led you to despair. Yes. You have history of it. Turn to God. Get in the fight. He'll be with you. That's what he says. I'm with you now to the end of age. <laughs> That's so powerful because I'll tell you, whenever the Lord gets up in the mix and when you allow him to search those places, you know, I love how King David was like, search me, oh Lord, you know, and that, that is, you know, whenever you look at uh, secular programs versus Christian programs, and we know that the 12 steps were based on biblical principles. And that's one of the reasons I'm, I'm a huge advocate to refer people to like celebrate recovery because they say that they're struggling with that rather than identifying with that particular issue. And yeah. because we, you know, power of life and death is in the tongue. And, you know, we cannot be confessing stuff over our life or we will always we will get what we say. We just will get what we say. And so whenever you recognize that this is an area that God wants to heal, this is an area where he wants to go in there and just really, you know, take that thing. And even though at the time you had a way of escape, if you did not know that he wants to show you that now. And it's incredibly powerful whenever you literally cast down your crowns at the altar. Mm -hmm. And whenever I'm talking about crowns, we were talking before about idols, what we, you know, uh, the, this is what it is. Your addiction is an idol and anything you put more focus on than the Lord is an idol. If you spend more time on this, this right here, and I hate to keep talking about this, but it's just yeah. been so heavy on my heart lately. If yeah. you spend more time on a device than you do in the word of God, uh, or, or in prayer or anything else, you're putting that before the Lord. And that's where we really mess up. Yeah. And, you know, and then the shame comes and the guilt and the condemnation and the Lord tries to convict our hearts and say, come away with me, beloved. I want to spend some time with you. I want to I want to show you great and mighty things. And we end up saying, yeah, that's good. But but let me see what's going on. What's the latest on this or what's the latest on that? So, you know, how do we as believers and even those of you that are watching this and you you're not a believer, if you are not a believer, 
please reach out to me uh, or reach out to Adam. We would love to talk to you about Jesus and how he can literally transform your heart. Uh, and it's an eternal thing that you were talking about here. Eternity is real. So, you know, how do we tell people um, this is that that when they look in the mirror, you know, when they call it character flaws in a secular program and in a faith based program, we're allowing the Lord to search our heart. How do we define the difference between those two? And I know you alluded to it and yeah. you talked about, you know, these making idols and coming into identity with who God says you are. What is the biggest transformation you have seen in the lives that you serve? Kevin Folds. I know that young man. Yeah. You know, totally from light to dark. I mean, I, wait, no, from dark to light. <laughs> Having a dyslexic moment there. <laughs> yeah, I about had to fire him though. <laughs> no, no, he's on staff now. Yeah, and 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 I think one of the, the biggest things that you're saying it's 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 not when we're calling you kept on the phone up when I'm calling out the porn or the drugs and alcohol or whatever the addiction is. Th this is this is being proclaimed in love and not to shame you, yes. right? Yes. And so often conviction has such a bad rep, and what we do with it. We turn it on ourselves and it, woe is me. I'll yeah. never get out or whatever, or, right. or they're all against me. And it just becomes, but conviction and, and probably because a lot of people go into addiction, conviction has a bad word because a judge has convicted them in some way, potentially right. in court. And so it has this, but conviction is from God. And it's just a whisper. Don't do that. Right. Turn turn we should celebrate conviction so that's out of love what we're saying hey these things aren't to shame you they're to illuminate and if god's the spirit of god is convicting you with what we're saying rejoice thank you lord for loving me and now i'm and and here's your responsibility turn repent lord help me with this i hate this i keep turning to it i hate it and, and so to answer your question just about character flaws and things like that I mean, this is just my understanding, my studies. <laughs> I mean, character flaws happened in Genesis three and that's, that's broken, right? The, yeah. the fall, when we separated from God because of sin, I, I don't even know that we could, I'm trying to formulate this cause I don't, I'm, I guess I'm speaking for me at this point. Sure, character sure. flaws, um, my character is flawed as a, as a, as a human, uh, until I'm, until I see Christ face to face, that's the case. Now I strive and strive again, progression, not perfection. Yes. And I hate my sin when I'm prideful, when I speak to my wife in a way that I wouldn't allow anyone else to speak to my wife. It, I hate that. I, I, I want to put that to death. And so to try to, fix character flaws and and my opinion that's outside in and it doesn't work we've got to go inside out you clean the inside of the cup and dish and the outside yeah there for me to try to fix my character flaws i'll spend the rest of my life doing that and never get to the heart never get to the root the root Wow, that is so good. And I love that analogy because the inside of the dish is always going to be dirtier than the outside. And, you know, it is an, you know, 
some the, the behavior is an external thing of an internal problem. And I know personally, as a woman who has been on the potter's wheel for many, many years, mm-hmm. that layers and layers and layers of crap comes off mm-hmm. and it's continual. It is not like a one stop like, oh, I, you know, I have arrived. No, 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 no. You know, I use the analogy of the onion. You cut an onion open and it's got all the you know layers and some are thick and some are thin. We got big boo-boos and we got little boo-boos. And the fact of the matter is, is Jesus wants to heal all the boo-boos. And so we do real good about getting giving him those little boo-boos. But when it comes to those big boo-boos, you know, I recently have a friend that lives out West. He shared with me, he'd been in like eight different rehabs. And he told me, he said, until I dealt with the molestation that happened to me as a child, I could not get free. And so whatever happened to you, you know, it was not your fault. You know, the Lord is there for you. He wants to heal those places. You know, these people, we you know, we carry so much weight of things that have happened to us, whether it's a result of someone who loved us or, you know, uh, educator or family member, or whatever the case may be. No one can love you perfectly like the Lord and his love. You know, I love the scripture that says perfect love cast out fear. And so whatever you're fearing about walking into a life of freedom, wholeness, uh, you know, a, a life of sobriety, a life of a joy, peace, love and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is what you were designed to have. And anything outside of that is going to give you emptiness. So you have got to surrender that thing. And so I don't know who that's for, or who I'm talking to. But the reality is, is that we have got to get real. We're living in a time where we've got fake news and fake this and fake that. Be real. And being real can be scary sometimes, especially if you've been carrying a lot of weight, but you don't have to anymore. So I just, gosh, Adam, we could go on and on and oh, on. I got, we we thought about this for days. Yes, yes. And and I love the fact that you have a podcast now. And oh, it's called yeah. Life After Addiction. And, you know, I love that title. What platforms is that on so people can go and subscribe to that? Yeah, all all the all the pa- the podcast platforms. I believe you know Apple, Spotify. It's on YouTube or YouTube channel S two O Recovery. Uh, yeah, so life after addiction, and it's got a big elephant sitting on a bench or a couch with a little dog. Kind of, it's a cool logo. So <laughs> I didn't design it, so I could I could brag on it. I love that. I love that. I love that. Uh, Well, I'll tell you, I've seen great fruit come from the ministry uh, that you all offer there. And I'm so grateful for what you're doing in the Middle Tennessee area. But you have people that come from all over, all over the country and other countries at times. Excellent. Excellent. So what would you say about, you know, changing that whole people, places and and things like that? It it is sometimes we have to get outside of our own element for freedom. Uh, Do your people generally stay in this area and and continue to live here or did they go back to their respected areas? Oh yeah. Well, both, both situations. Uh, and it is hard. I know that, you know, obviously changing scenery, changing people, that's, that's obviously something great. You don't need to go back to, you know, people that are using things like that. Uh, sometimes, you know, you can't just move your family or uproot. You have a job and things like that. And I mean, it, it just comes down to, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll say this, if, if I may, um, to, to Christians watching, um, do, do we believe what we say we believe? Um, uh, the fruits of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, stuff. Yeah. Those, those can't just be coffee mug verses. <laughs> if, if we say that we believe that, then let's strive for that. And so, and in and, and so doing, that means that, okay, if, if the spirit of God is alive and at work in me, 
Um, that was who I am. God redeemed me. He is sanctifying me. And now his spirit's alive and at work in me. And I want to grow in this. Um, and, and, and that's the, that's the, I guess the, the difference we're talking about faith-based recovery and something Christ-centered recovery. And, and, and it's, it's such a bigger, it's so many layers of why it's so important. And, and I know you asked the question, I'm not dodging it, but I'm on a little rabbit trail. No, 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 no. Go with it. All right. I'm allowed to go on rabbit trails. Yes, you are. But it, it, it rolls out and it's so important. And so Christians, if you believe what you say, you believe, we, we, me, it's hard, but we have to live in that way. And here's what I mean. God's spoken to addiction. It's not a surprise, but it also means when you are choosing to send someone to get help, it matters where they go because you don't want them hearing one thing and coming back to church, hearing about freedom and thinking that Jesus doesn't work for me because now I'm always going to be this and that doesn't. But here's also the thing, a Christ-centered place that falls under the authority of God, their worldview about your relative is different. Whether they're a believer or not, they know that your relative who's struggling in the darkest season of their life is made in the Imago Dei. Your relative is made in the image of God. And as a believer, whether they're a Christian, what, whatever they are, I know that they're made in the image of God. And so they have intrinsic value and deep worth. Mm. So the way that I'm going to treat that person, all of our doctors, nurses, clinicians, recovery coaches, pastors, every treatment decision that we're going to make is going to go through that lens that they are worthy and have intrinsic value, not because of who they are or what they've done, but because of whose image that they're made in. Yes. And that matters when it comes to care. That matters when it comes to treatment. Wow, that's so oh, powerful. I went on that rabbit trail, but I think you asked. No, a good question. That is an important rabbit trail. And rabbit trails are always allowed in my conversations because I'm all over the place today. Yeah, and great. I don't really care because this is something that I'm passionate about. It is yeah. for freedom. He set us free and freedom is for everybody. And I can remember being that person thinking to myself, well, you know, God loves that person. But could he do that for me? And wondering about whether or not I was, you know, lovable. You know, and that's really what happens a lot of times when people are so beat down because whenever they do, you know, become sober and they start to look at all of the mistakes they made, you know, is and, and you know, like you said, I love the scripture. Come to me, all who are heavy laden. I will give you rest. And that's what we're looking for. You know, spiritual rest, emotional rest, you know, physical rest. He wants to do it all. There's nothing that he did not take care of on the cross and does not want to extend to you. So I encourage you to reach out. So, Adam, before we close out the broadcast, I want to know, you, you know, you alluded to the fact that you have, you know, you've overcome the addiction behaviors. How long were you walking in that road of bondage? uh years years oh, wow. okay um yeah and, and i mean i lost everything everything my, my family every amount of money that i ever saved uh my wife had left me we separated uh i couldn't i couldn't kicked out of places stolen from friends uh johnny lawman being expected to knock on the door at any moment um and i and i went through uh, probably four different places before I actually went through us to a recovery as well. Wow. Uh, four other places before that. And um, when I came to us to L there was just this message of hope that, that stuck. And as I grew 
and wanted to know more about who God was. And I grew up in church, right? I grew up in church, a good little church boy. But when I came to us to well, that love and that forgiveness, I think it was right around Easter. Oh, it was. It was right around Easter and hearing the message of Christ dying for me meant something way different and like a weeping and just like, what? For me? And it just wrecked me and changed my, I, I played sports and I wasn't, I still try to play sports, but I just wasn't a good reader, you know, didn't have a good discipline of reading. But then all of a sudden God just changed my heart and I wanted to read his word and know more about who he was. And, oh man, it's been an incredible journey. It's been wow. an incredible journey. I absolutely love that. So listen, if you're like, you know, I recently spoke to someone who told me, you know, man, yeah, I've been to so many programs. I don't think I could ever get free for whoever that's for. You need to understand that, you know, you can't give up. Giving up is not an option. That's defeat. You know, um, Jesus took all of that for you. And I want you to reach out to, you know, some of Adam's staff or those and get more information about this program. Because listen, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, you got two choices to make. You can either stay where you're at or you can go where the Lord is leading you. And I do believe that this is a timely message for somebody out there that's watching this broadcast today. So if you had one key, Adam, that you could leave the audience with, mm -hmm. a final key, whether it be a quote, scripture, comment, more about the program, what would that be? Yeah, I, I, I guess it would be a charge. It would be a charge to believers to um, not, not just S2L, but really prop up and pray for Christ-centered addiction recovery facilities and their staff and their volunteers. Yes. And it is, it is a hard ministry. And as this is the end, as we talked about, this is the end of recovery month and it's a hard ministry and, and very often um, faith-based or Christ-centered recovery facilities, they're understaffed and underpaid and it's a calling, right? And so, yeah pray for them because this is trench warfare ministry it really is like i said before they're come guys are coming in guys and gals are coming in literally in the darkest season of their life and the gospel's being proclaimed pray for those places uh and, and i really believe um and this is on a personal note uh well personal inside of the executive team we feel that god is going to spark revival through the most unlikely people through recovery. And, I believe that. <laughs> and it needs prayer because there will be opposition. Sure. There is an element of warfare in messy ministry that is like no other. And I can attest to that myself. And I know that uh, I'm certainly praying for y'all and we're challenging you all out there. I come in agreement with Adam's prayers um, because it is something that needs to be covered on a daily basis. I mean, it doesn't take much to look around and see what a wreck the world is in, but there is hope and there is uh, availability and it is about progressing to who God called you to be and that he called is for freedom. Freedom. You know, I, I never will forget, Adam, I lived in central Florida. And when I came to Middle Tennessee, um, the first thing that popped out at me whenever the job posting was up there was the word free was right in the middle of the word Merck freeze borough. Mm. And so if you're wondering where this program is at, it's probably maybe what, 15 minutes outside of Merck freeze borough. And okay. I believe that's a prophetic word for you out there. It is no, time to get free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're right outside. We're in the, we're in the hills of short mountain. 
you turn you 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 could be there from Murfreesboro in no time. 25 minutes. And it's in this beautiful scenery. And there's something oh, about getting away in an atmosphere without all the chatter of the world and connecting with your creator. That alone puts you on the right path to 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 just really seek in the Lord. And yeah. you know, the, the Bible says, if you seek, you will find, you know, if you knock, the door will be open. So for those of you out there seeking, those of you out there knocking, today is the day. So Adam, I want to thank you. I would love to have you back on the broadcast sometime to talk about some more of this stuff, because this is amazing. Y'all go and subscribe to their YouTube channel. It's S2L, right? The YouTube channel S2L? S2L Recovery. That's right. Yes. Yeah, S2L Recovery. And then Life Number After three. Addiction. Yeah. Yeah, the number two, not two o, not two o o. So, <laughs> and I appreciate you so much for taking the time. And we will hear more from this amazing program, testimonies, and looking forward to the revival. So, God bless you guys. We'll see you next time on Keys to Your Best Life. Thanks for logging in. Make sure you share this broadcast with someone. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. God bless you guys. <laughs>